0: Chapter five of A Candle for Our Lady by Regina Victoria Hunt the recording is in the public domain recording by Maria Therese. Chapter five A suitable offering as days passed, then weeks, and the rust and gold of autumn gave place to winter's white with grey, low hanging skies. Jem and Joan searched their minds and juggled that problem. We've neither gold nor jewels, said Joan as they discussed the matter for the hundredth time. "'Nor amber, nor ivory,' added Jim. He dropped on the rush mat before the ruddy fire, while Joan sat sewing between the light of the flames and a dish of tallow behind her. "'You're sure, grandmother, that you haven't another silver cup, like the one you and grandfather took to the shrine?' "'No, Joan, it was the only one, given your grandfather by his mother, who had it from someone she had befriended in time of need.' dame reynolds pursed her lips in a little smile as she bent over her endless tasks sewing cooking spinning washing thinking that she had been spared importunities about the pilgrimage while the two teased their minds over the offering and perhaps when they did think of something practical the pains that racked her would have lessened or well surely the blessed mother would see to it that her infirmities need not hinder the youngster's plan Right now you'd better give a little thought to the annual Christmas offering for the parish. That's easy, said Jem, one bushel of rye and two fat capons, but Christmas is a long time yet. Not so long, tis the first week of Advent. Joan examined the scarlet homespun she was sewing. Wonder if I'll have my new dress finished. The remaining weeks sped swiftly, but with house cleaning not the thorough spring-cleaning, but the moderate scrubbing and sweeping that preceded the high holidays, laying in logs for the hearth, roasting and baking, tending the three cows in the byre, the oxen and the chickens, the cold short days disappeared, and a round of work. Then, one frosty morning, Jim and Joan awoke to a peal of bells, proclaiming anew the birth of the infant Christ. Shivering, they scrambled into their best clothes, Joan in her gay-colored gown, Jim in a blue jerkin and gray trunk hose. To join Dame Reynolds and Cousin Will in the ox-drawn cart, it was still dark as they jolted their way over the unpaved, snow-covered path. The embattled parapets and low stone spire of All Saints Church looked ghostly as a cloud castle in their setting of white-sheathed lime trees. Inside the 14th-century nave was filled to the last inch of standing room, with the choir chanting "Gloria in Excelsis Deo." the altar decked with yew and holly in a blaze of tapers, the priest in their finest vestments embroidered with gold and silk, and the mixed scent of wax, myrrh, and balsam in the air. It was all real enough. Indeed, it was the most real thing in their lives that the great God should manifest himself over and over again on the altar of their own humble parish church, removed so many centuries, and by such a distance from his earthly home in heaven. The sheer beauty and joy of it brought a mist of tears to Joan's eyes. It was after the communion prayers that she saw something that caught her imagination. At the end of the last gospel, she turned quickly and prodded Jim. "'Look!' she whispered. Jim looked at the procession, reforming to leave the sanctuary. An acolyte bearing a large satiny taper and a massive silver candlestick was in the lead. "'There is our offering,' Joan said with conviction. "'A taper for Our Lady!' The momentary doubt on Jem's face changed in an instant to a smile of approval. "'Just the thing!' he exclaimed under his breath. They held their secret like a treasure on the homeward journey, but once under the gabled roof of the farmhouse, their excitement bubbled over. "'One at a time, please,' Dame Reynolds was removing the roast capons from the skewers. "'I can't hear either of you when you talk at once. Now, what about the taper?' "'For an offering, Grandmother.' TO TAKE TO OUR LADY'S SHRINE. SHE REGARDED THEIR SHINING FACES AND SLOWLY CONSIDERED, A TAPER? LIKE THE ONE USED IN THE PROCESSION AT MASS THIS MORNING, OVER TWO FEET HIGH AND ROUND AS AN APPLE. Ah, IT WOULD BE A HANDSOME OFFERING, BUT CHILDREN, THAT'S NO ORDINARY TALLOW AND RUSH CANDLE. HER KNOTTED HAND gestured TO THE TABLE WITH HER OWN BEST YELLOW HAND-DIPPED CANDLES SMOKED IN PLAIN WOODEN HOLDERS. WE KNOW, GRANDMOTHER. Jim assured her eagerly, It's beeswax. And so fitting to give Our Lady, Joan added. So firm and glistening and sweet smelling. But how, think you, girl, do poor people like us afford such a luxury? For a moment the pair looked at each other, their faces blank. It was true, of course. Tapers like that were of expensive materials and skilled workmanship. Jim was first with an idea. I know, we'll make it ourselves. That way, it will be truly our own gift to our lady. Why, of course, said Joan. I know how to tip wicks. Well, their grandmother began to see a way. If you can bring together all we shall need, the beeswax, the proper kind of wick. Oh, we will, we will, grandmother. The old lady looked on their flushed, happy faces and smiled, forgetful of her own rheumatic pains. Then I will help you fashion a fine candle for our lady. She looked up as the door opened. Here is Cousin Will, so to table with you, for this is the blessed feast of Christmas. Let us make merry with a glad heart, and God's peace with us all. End of chapter 5